told myself I wasn't going to say too much about it, but my brother asked me last year to come after the heart attack and only having half, actually less than half now, of my heart. Uh, I just told him, I said, brother, I just don't even know if I'll be here. Um, there was two things I wanted. I said, Lord, I love roses. If you ever want to know what to give Pastor Holder, I love roses. And probably how I hurt my foot. But I said, Lord, I want to see my roses this year, this, this spring, past spring. And I said, Lord, I, I want to see 61. And the Lord allowed me to see both. My roses were over six feet tall, many of them this year. And so I'm just thankful. I, God has been faithful to me, and he's been faithful to my family. He's been faithful to liberty. Um, like I said, this, this 61st birthday, of all the birthdays, I had a 60th uh, surprise birthday last year, but this one was the most special because I did not know whether I'd make it. Again, we're glad that you have come out tonight. Uh, I'm hopeful. I, I heard it actually said in prayer is that, you know, there's change and there's, but it's for the next 40 years. Amen. It's not uh, for the 40 that we have. I mean, granted, I'm not taking anything away from that because it is tremendous. And I think there's some people here that have been here the whole time other than the Williams as well. But God has been gracious to us. So tonight, I had talked to Brother Gary a couple of times, and uh, we had talked about it, and we both settled on uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Um, and on the walls, you see the, the text verse for the week. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Deuteronomy chapter 2. And we're going to read down to verse 7. <clears throat> it says, Then we turned and took our journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spake unto me, and we can pass Mount Seir many days. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have come past this mountain long enough. Turn you northward and command thou the people, saying, ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves therefore. God, is, it's important how we behave around our brethren, you know that. Meddle not with them, <laughs> for I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a foot breath, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for possession. Now, I, I, I'm not preaching this tonight, but when God gives you something, it's yours. Amen? Amen. You know, it doesn't matter how we behave afterwards, but God was saying, listen, I've given this to him for an inheritance. And I just can't help but get excited about that. God has given us many things 
But when he gives us something, he never says, oh, you messed up. You're grounded. We're taking it back. <laughs> and then verse number seven, for the Lord thy God have blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness these 40 years. The Lord thy God have been with thee. Thou has lacked nothing. And I'm telling you right now, I'll say it again. Folk, if that don't light your fire, your wood is wet. There's no question about it. When you start thinking about, and I know there's those that are here who know and saw, I can remember printing downstairs with that little, and that funny looking stapler that I thought was pretty cool, that they would bind everything up. God has been merciful. And you know what the good part is? He's not done. I'm glad about that. I mean, uh, we have lacked nothing. We see uh, the path that had been taken these 40 years of these people wandering in the wilderness. And the message title tonight, <coughs> you <coughs> have circled this mountain long enough. You've circled it long enough. You see, this path they had taken again for these 40 years, and I'm glad tonight that we, we serve a God who's not limited and, uh, again, who knows what you're going through. Now, maybe you haven't been going 40 years, but I'm so glad that he knows. The Bible says in Job chapter 31 verse 4, it says this, Doth not he see me, see my ways, and count all my steps? Can you imagine all the steps that you have taken? You know, we get excited when a little baby takes their first step. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. My son Tate was eight months and two days. He stood up, and he ain't sat down since. <laughs> I'm serious. I've never seen anything like it. But, you know, we get excited when we see a baby taking a step but don't you know God has every one of your steps, mine included, and I can't run like I used to, but God has our steps, and he's got them all counted up. And you know what the Bible also says? If you go to Psalms 56, verse 8, it says, Trust in the Lord, you people. I got the wrong verse, but I'll get here in just a minute. Uh, I got it written down right here. But the point is, is that God has, it's verse 8. It says, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Every time we cry and we, you know, dry our tears, God knows that. So don't tell me God doesn't know everything there is to know about everyone. Amen right there, Pastor Holder. The thing is, is this. It doesn't matter if you're in the wilderness or if you're on top of the mountain. God, he's aware of everything. He's never, you're never going to get one on him and say, oh, I didn't know you was going to do that. You know, now we aren't told, but I believe this, and I think I, I could probably, it doesn't tell us in the Bible, but you know, the Bible tells us everything we need to know. And if it doesn't tell us, don't try to know that. But the bottom line is, is this, it said they wandered in the wilderness. Now I believe like this, I believe each trip was different. You know why I can say that? Because there's never been twin snowflakes that ever hit the ground since they've been given snow. 
And we serve a God who, that, you know, the impossible is where he likes to show up. You see, the thing is, is this, is that every time they had to go around that wilderness, you know, we were talking coming up here this, this past trip. I know we've made 70 trips or better back and forth down I-90, turn, turn right, 29 south, and into Omaha, and further out. I could, I could just do that with my eyes closed. But you see all the same thing. You know, one of my favorite sites is that little Midland town. And then right after you pass there, that skeleton leading that Tyrannosaurus Rex. I like that. That's just one of my favorites. I'm sorry. And I laugh every time I see it. But just think about it. Every time they went into the wilderness, it was something different. You know, the thing is, but God was with them every step of the way. You're here tonight. You've got your own wilderness, but God is with you every step of the way. And you know, the thing is, is that even in our wildernesses or wildernesses, God blessed them. I mean, can you imagine not having to buy shoes? Payless would have had a hard time. I think they're out of business now anyway. But the bottom line is, is this, is that the sandals didn't wear out. You know, and the thing is, all they had to do was just reach down and scoop up some food and eat it. You know, and they complained about that. Well, God, how come you can't just put it in my mouth? You know, like a little baby, you know, a bird or something. You know, you ever seen them? They put the worm right in the baby's mouth and you ever chew it for them. That's what we want sometimes. But listen, no matter what you're going through, God will be right there with you. He will still bless you. And don't let no one tell you that God doesn't love you. I mean, that's just, that's just amazing. And the thing is tonight, folk, as we get into this just a little bit, is that the whole purpose of everything this week is to encourage us past the 40 years. You see, uh, you know, here's the thing. When you're in your wilderness, there's always going to be a test of your faith. Am I going to continue to walk with God Though things don't look the way I like it, but if I could continue to go, you know, you see, here's the thing. Part of the wilderness is about a test. You know, when we were in school, and some of you still are, (laughs) the teacher gives you a test not to see how much they know, but it's to show how much you know or don't know. God does the same thing. He's not sitting there going, well, let me see what Pastor Holder's going to do this time. You know, but no, he's saying to them, you know what? It's going to be a test. Again, as we go around and around this mountain tonight, can you just imagine? <clears throat> Here they are. Israel was now ready to go into promised land. After all those years. But can you imagine? You know, now they already said, now don't mess with Esau. But can you see Esau and them standing there going, well, the, the, the descendants. There they go again, Ethel. <laughs> what in the world are they doing? And you know, it said they were scared of But let me tell you something. What they realized is that God was providing for them. Listen, it's the same thing for you. When you're going through your wilderness, somebody's going to say, there they go again. You know, ain't they had enough of that? They ain't making it. But God said, hey, you know what? He would supply our need. 
Amen. And, and the thing is, he would give us more than what we ask or think. And so there again, you know, they saw him and they kept thinking, well, I wonder what he's going to do next. And folk, people are doing the same thing. You walk with God. No matter what's going on, you continue to walk with God. Even when things don't go your way, you continue to walk. Lord, Job said, though he slay me, I will still trust him. You know, I'm just saying to you tonight that, again, you know, God gave Edom to Esau. And these guys weren't even friends. And, again, they, they wondered all this time. But, you know, like I said, here's the thing is this, is that even though they saw what Israel was going through, let me tell you something. When you're going through your wilderness, you need to keep your focus on the Lord because it's easy to to look over. You know, Israel could have easily been jealous of Edom. You know, they got what we don't have. You know, they got a land. We don't have that. All we have is this manner, like light bread is what they called it. You know, all we have is this. Listen, it's easy for you to start complaining when you're in your wilderness. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to talk a certain way? Why do we have to drink, uh, uh, act a certain way? Because God said so. And ain't God worth it? Amen. You know, it was a big old God we serve. And, you know, if he said jump, I'm going to say hi, hi, and that's on the way up. Now, that's a military term. But, you know, he is the God of hosts. Check it out. That means God of army. So I ain't too far off there. So, again, why can't we look like everybody else? Because he is God. It is he that has made us, not we ourselves. So, as we look at verse number three tonight, God says to Moses, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. You see, again, we find that this wilderness, now God had said no one over the age of 20 except for Caleb and Joshua, because Moses wasn't allowed to go, shall enter in. But there's a point out there when God has said, okay, that's enough. His word had already been fulfilled. Aren't you glad? I mean, maybe you can't see it. And I'm just saying, but maybe I'm wrong. Even in that situation, there's the love of God. That's enough. You know, you may not think that whatever you're going through, God doesn't care about me. How long will you forget me, Lord, forever? Read what it says in Psalms chapter 13. But God cares about us. He knows how many hair are on some of our heads. I won't go there. There went a few right there. But I'm saying, you've come about this mountain, you know, long enough. But let's, let's just talk about our mountains a little bit. Because everybody in here has one. Just about everybody in here has something that you just haven't gotten the victory over. You see, the point is, is that when they're circling that mountain, and when you're going through some things, you ever notice how people will pray? Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, God, you know I'm this, and you know I'm that, and maybe so. 
But, you know, sometimes God lets us go through these things because that's where we need to be when things are still going good. We need to be thanking God, and we need to be saying, Lord, I need you. But so many times we take that old worldly saying when we start seeing our prayers answered, see you, and I wouldn't want to be you. I'm out of here. Lord, I got this. You know, and I'm just sitting here saying to you, but when we're circling that wagon or circling that, 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 that mountain because we don't have enough food or what we don't think, and we don't have enough this that we don't think, and all those things, we'll be close to God. You know, there have been times when I've seen this church packed. You know, I remember September 12th, you know, a few years ago, that Sunday afterwards, man, the TV station was going to be here, you know. And man, there were people in here dressed ways I'd never seen them dressed before. Because they wanted to be on TV. Listen, you can't play games with God. He will allow you into the wilderness because he wants to get your attention. Well, let me change that. He's going to get your attention. You know, have you ever seen people say, he's trying, he's trying to do this. No, God don't try nothing. Well, let me just see here. Oh, well, yeah, that'll work. No, he knows it's going to work. You know, the thing is, is this, that God is going to get your attention. Why? Because he loves us. You know, we know parents in here said this, oh, son, this is going to hurt me worse than it hurt you. But in the meantime, it hurt my tail, too. I'm just telling you like it is. But it really, after I became a parent, I realized that, listen, let me tell you something. The wilderness was never where God meant for them to be. He never meant for them to be there. Some of the things, some of the choices that you have made, listen, has put you in your own wilderness. But it's not because God wants you there. That's right. Amen. I'm just sitting here saying to you is that God never, it was an 11-day trip. 11 days. And they, boy, they got their money's worth, didn't they? They stretched it out. Lord, no, Lord, we want 40 years. We ain't doing 11 days. You know, but sometimes we're the same way. And look at what happened. Unbelief and disobedience is the ingredients you'll hear me talk about later on in the week that causes us to fall in our own wilderness. God never meant for them to spy out the land. You go back and read it. He says, I'm giving you the land. Go in and take it. How many times has God told us to do something? Well, you know, Lord, oh, well, we'll send men. God didn't say send no men. He said, no, you be the men. Go on up there and take it. But God has told you the exact same thing. You know, you know, well, Lord, I got to pray about it. You know what I always say? Christians are the most praying about it, do nothing folk I ever seen. (laughs) When they say I'm going to pray about it, that means no. I'm serious. Well, you know, brother, I need you to teach us something. I'll pray about it. No, I'm not going to do it. Why don't you just say that? You know, but God never meant for them to be in that wilderness. He loves us. He doesn't want you to be in your wilderness. But you know what? Sometimes it's just like vegetables. They're good for us. You know, the thing is, is this, is that because God knows he will get our attentions there. So as we go on, we see now God is about to change direction. Listen to me, Liberty. God, I, I'm not sitting here saying that we've been in the wilderness for 40 years, but I can tell you one thing. 
if pastor was here, and I know Mrs. Williams and their family knows, it felt worse in the wilderness at times when there wasn't enough this or enough that or it didn't look like God was going to do this. So, you know, we, we're, we're reaping the cream, man, I tell you. And, and some of you guys, I'm telling some of them ones back there in the back, the Max and the Lungs and some of them other ones that were here, you know, the thing is, is this, is that they know what it's like, you know, but there again, you know, so, so what am I saying to you is this, is that it is time for change of direction. You know, the thing is, is this, is that God wants to do something in your life. He does. But you know what? We limit him. Can you imagine that? Here we are, some little biscuits, if you would. You know, I always said it like this. Now, you, you ladies correct me. If you made a biscuit and that thing got up off of that dough and started telling you what it was going to do, you know, <laughs> what would it be? It would be over, wouldn't it? I'd probably tear out the door. But I'm just sitting here saying to you, folks, is that, listen, God wants to do something, but we won't let him. Can you imagine the creator of the universe and you can stop him? Why? Because I don't believe you can do it. You ever noticed in the Bible, whenever God was telling them to do something, can you believe I'm going to do it? Because he knew he could. Lord, I like what it says in Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Lord, I believe, but help thine my unbelief. This is hard sometimes. I'm not sitting here telling you, and when things are going bad, and you're sitting there going, Lord, this is the last little bit of oil, and there ain't much meal left in this cruise. What are we going to do? Give me mine first. Are you crazy? I'm going to eat this and me and my son are going to go in here and die. No, you know what? We just need to have faith and trust in God. I'll say this to you many, many times. It's very difficult because we like to walk by faith or by sight, not by faith. So I'm saying to you, church, is that God wants our church to learn from our past mistakes. Listen, there have been mistakes. There have been lots of blessings. And we're not keying on the mistakes. And I, I'm going to, hopefully, Lord willing, preach a message about our past. But I'm sitting here telling you is this. You can't just overlook your past. You know, we have seen God's hand many times. Pastor would stand up here, little tiny church in New York, $15,000 that they would give for the printing prayer. Now it's called the print shop. I love that. It's been called that a while. You know, but there again, God has been merciful to us. And one of the worst things we can do is get complacent in the blessing. Because you know what? Then we'll start circling that mountain. We'll start making excuses. And God wants us to get away, far away from that. You know, maybe you're here tonight and you've got an excuse for not serving God. Well, you know, my family... You're going to stand before God for yourself. Your family's not going to be there. You know, well, it's just the way I am. Well, let God change you, you know. But so how do we apply all this? Remember I said that there would be moving forward. Things have to be done different. You know, one of the worst things you can do is go into the 41st year the same way you were 40 years ago. I'm not saying you were terrible, but God's not like that. You'll hear me say this later on. God is not the God of the past. He's not the God of I was. 
He's the God that I am. What am I saying to you? God is, you know, is a blessing. How many churches have come and gone and closed up shop? And God keeps blessing Liberty Baptist. Not because you, Pastor, got everything right. He sure won't going to walk on the water. And if he was, as a deacon, I won't going to follow him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pastor, you go on out there. You know how I often say this. They probably told Peter when he started. I told you to stay in that boat. No, you got out there. Now look what you done got us into. No, but the bottom line is, is this. is folk, I'm telling you, is that God wants to do some changes here. But you know what? And here's probably the gist of the message about circling the wagons. Or circling, I'm sorry, the mountain. Because I got to straighten out a wagon here in a few few, uh, messages. But here it is. When you haven't gotten victory over the things in your life, listen, you'll be surprised at the things that Christians have neatly tucked away over here. Listen, we need all hands on deck. Did you hear the value of one? Did you know God is all about one? When one soul gets saved, they they, they get excited. You're needed. Well, everybody's going to miss me. Yes, we will. I hear this. Sometimes close to 200 people. Praise God. God is doing something more at liberty. But you know what? He wants to do more. It's time for a change. Let me just get right in your face a little bit. You know, if you have a problem with bitterness and you haven't gotten the victory, you're circling the mountain. If you have a problem with your attitude and you haven't gotten the victory, you're circling the mountain. If you have a problem obeying what God says, tithe, oh, Lord, don't go there. You're circling the mountain. You see, God wants to get us away from that mountain. It's not just about liberty. It's about all them folk up and down that street out there. And all around here, let me challenge you really bad. Forty years. Have you witnessed to 40 people? One a year. One a year. Forty years. Have you witnessed to at least 40 people? He didn't say save none of them. That's what God wants to do. Hey, listen, the day is far spent. It's time for us to get up off our blessed assurance and get going. And that's what he wants to do. But you know what? And and I'll say this probably in another message. But if you go back and read, you see, those sins, maybe it's just a little bit of, a little beer, a little bit of wine. Have you ever read what it says? Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And he is deceived. He's not wise. You know where we go with that. But what am I saying? Maybe it's just a little pornography. Maybe it's, you better be careful about these circular magazines. You know, you can stay away from that stuff. 
Listen, these are the sins that beset us. And then you wonder, why is it so important? Because you're sitting here. You ever heard of a guy named, a- I call him Achan, or some people call him Achan. You know, and, and the thing was, Achan and his family, you know, they just took a little wedge of gold and Babylonian garments, and they hid it in the tent. You know, when you've got sin hidden in your life, it affects everybody here at Liberty. They don't have to know about it, but you know about it, and God knows about it. And pretty soon your sin will find you out. Folk, I'm telling you, God wants to make a change. Because, like I said, he wants to take it. You know, somebody wrote a strong, it was a worldly song, take it to the streets. He wants us to do that. Because the times that we, yes, we're going to celebrate, and we're going to do all those things, but you know what? The harvest is still white. Again, he wants us to have the power like he has power. But instead, uh, you know, it's just like God told them to possess the land, but instead they would rather listen to a man. Listen, God has told you something. He spoke to each one of you, but you'd rather listen to your friends because you know what? Uh, your friends know everything, right? One of my messages has this statement. Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a friend. You better listen. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, shall we obey a man or shall we obey God? It's better to obey God. God has spoken to you, and he wants you to stop circling that mountain of doubt He wants you to stop circling that mountain. I can't. He wants you to say, I will. Everybody talking about, Lord, Lord, use me. No, you need to be usable for God. Because the minute he says, I want you, I want to do that. Uh, That ain't what I want. I ain't called to do that. I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm sure it wasn't comfortable having those spikes driven in his, his hands either. So what am I saying to you again? God wants to do some things. You know, here's what's going to happen. God, you know, even after the children entered into the promised land, they had many battles. But God still wasn't done with them. Because you know what? When you're circling the wagon or circling, I keep saying that because this is in my message later on. When you're circling the mountain, and it's only mentioned one time. But when you circle the mountain, you let everything else go. When you start concerned about your problems so much, you stop reading your Bibles. You stop doing it. See, the Jewish uh, 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 celebrations and all those rites and things they were supposed to do. I mean, here we are. Those young men hadn't even been circumcised. They were supposed to have been circumcised eight days after birth. But because they were circling, well, you know, and all they were doing is going through the motion. They had a form of godliness, and so many Christians are like that today. You only have a form of godliness. You put your little shirt on and your shirt and your collar inside out, because this is the inside of the shirt, really. We turn it inside out, put a tie around it, and I, oh, yes, hallelujah. And we can sing it all out, knowing you're just as crooked as any snake. God wants to change that. Because he wants you to get victory. He wants to do something in your life. Folk, 40 years is a blessing. But you know what? Those children, isn't it interesting? God, you know, they were worried. All those that died, well, you brought us out here. Our children going to get killed. The children were the only ones that made it. 
They really were. They were the only ones that made it. Because, you know, no, you're going to. That's how chicken drinks water, <clears throat> in case you want. But I'm sitting here saying to you, is this, folks, listen. Even after they got into the land and all the battles were ended at a place called Gilgal, the Lord said, listen here. There's some things that just ain't quite finished yet. I need to take the reproach of Egypt off of you. See, you can be sitting here for 40 years, and you can see a lot of blessings, <clears throat> but God still wants to take the reproach off of you so we can go forward. You remember, like I told you about Achan, all that they did and hid in the camp cost 30 some, 36 guys their lives. You see, but when those young men had gotten victory, God said, Joshua, you know what I want you to do? I want you to circumcise. It should have been done. But the bottom line is, listen, God said, I'm removing that. There's some things that God just wants to remove. Yeah, you got some victories on other things, but liberty, God wants to remove some things so you can go forward further. That's what he wants to do. He wants to do it with you. And you know what? That's what I like about the Bible. Every word is so important. What did Joshua do? He made some sharp knives. He didn't make no butter knives. He made sharp knives. and He said, you know what? That's what has to be done with sin. It has to be clean cut away. It can't be just, well, you know, I'll just kind of slow turkey it, you know. No, it has to be taken care of. When God points out something in your life and he will, deal with it. Or else you're going to keep circling that mountain. And you're going to keep dealing with that. Lord, I can't get no victory. Lord, the Lord is saying all the victory is right here. Just repent. Give it to the Lord. And he will help you. You say, it's the same regarding our sin. Listen, that circumcision was painful. They didn't have a lot of... Uh, Lidocaine. I don't know if you ever had a lidocaine shot, but that hurts just as bad as the IV. I'm telling you. You know, I've done a lot of lidocaine shots, and I always tell my patient, it's better to give than receive, and I'm going to give you a shot. But I'm sitting here saying to you, folk, listen. <laughs> I'm sorry. God said this, you know what? You've got to cut that sin, and he'll help you. Like I said, I don't know everything everybody here is doing, but he does. And what am I saying? Oh, you're calling us a bunch of bad people. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, hey, we can do better. Amen? You know what? We keep pressing toward the mark for the prize, right? Amen? You know, of the high calling of Christ. Oh, Lord. So I'm just sitting here saying to you, folk, is this, is that, how are we going to do this, Pastor? How are we going to stop circling the mountain? Just like I said, he used a sharp uh, knife. The Bible tells me, I believe, and you probably know this just as well. The Word of God is what? Sharper than any two-edged sword. 
If you're going to get victory, you're going to have to get into that word of God and let it divide and, and cut some things away. Oh, God, I can't do that. Yes, you can. I can't afford not to do it. Lord, so help me. God, help me to do it. We can do some things through Christ when he really wants to strengthen us. That ain't what it says. It says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And that means cutting away. Lord, you have pointed it out. Help me get this out of my life. Or that person that's pulling you down out of your life. And I ain't talking about the marriages. You, you, you made that bargain. You better ask God to help you stick to it. Now, I don't say, the pastor said we can get rid of you. Bye. No, that ain't what I said. <laughs> There's some things that God has got to cut away. Some selfishness. Self-centeredness. And the list goes on. I'm just sitting here saying to you, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper. That's Hebrews 4.12. Than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul. You see, don't try to hide those things, that sin in your flesh, because it'll plague you all the rest of your life until you deal with it. Why? Because God wants to deal with it. Maybe it's being faithful. Maybe you feel, well, I gave God a half hour of my time. I don't know what else he want. <laughs> Listen, I like what David said. You've heard it said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Can we be thankful? You see, so many times we circle the wagons, and like I said, you know, you can be in church, and you can do all these things, but you know you've got some things. You know, it's football season almost over, thank God. I ain't even going to talk about my team. I ain't even going to talk about her team. No, I was talking to your mama. <laughs> she know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I'm just sitting here saying to you, folks, is that when we allow these things of bitterness, anger, uh, uh, unforgiveness, gossip, do you know what it says in the book of James? Speak not evil of your brethren. When we keep doing that, and then we can't get no prayers answered, we're circling a wagon. Ask God to help you through that. There's nothing too hard for God. Listen, it's easy to talk about somebody else. Talk about yourself. They're going to say you're arrogant. But if you've got to say something bad, say something bad about yourself. No, I can't do that. They might find something out. Mm. Listen, the Lord wants us, like I just gave you that illustration, have a place of victory called Gilgal, which is what happened. Remember I said there needs to be change. As we go into this next generation, we need this place of Gilgal. We need uh, uh, troubles and sins of the past removed, taken care of. I'll make mention of this again. Listen, it's great to reach 40, but it was rough getting there. It was rough getting there. And our pastor and his family Talk to them sometime. I know they probably tell you. They may not. But you know what? We are blessed. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it in love. And I'm going to close. Listen. To have the founder of this church for 40 years. That's going to hurt in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. To have 
Pastor Williams. I don't know how many times I would call him up and say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Stay by the stuff, son. That's all he would say, just stay by the stuff. And that's what he did. You don't think he felt all those people that were mad at him? No, he didn't feel it. No, he's a pastor. You know, we, we nerves are steel. We don't feel nothing. Sure he did. But to have him here, listen, let me tell you one thing, and I, I mean this loving. Unfortunately, we're not going to have him for another 40 years. And we love him dearly. Do all you can. Uncircle your mountain. It's going to help. It's going to help liberty to go forward even further. This ain't the end. It's only the beginning. I think what Friday is the actual day, the charter date. Praise God. Like I said, but we can do some things to be encouraged tonight. So you, you think about it. Have you been circling the mountain? The mountain is that thing or things that you just never got the victory over. Bad habits, critical spirit, like I said, unforgiving, gossiping, cussing, losing your temper, prejudice, lust, and the list goes on. Cussing. You just push my button the right way and I'll tell you a thing or two. And you, you don't need to go there. Maybe I didn't name your sin, but you know what it is. It's keeping us. Circling the mountain means that every time you experience that, that condition, you behave the same way. No, ask God. You know what? I like what David said. Psalms 51, 10. Create a meal. Clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. We need that daily. Because you know what the heart is. It's deceitful and desperately wicked. So I need a cleaning every day. Oh, no, I I didn't do nothing today. (laughs) That's the problem. You didn't do nothing. God wants us to do something. Like I said, 40 years have you witnessed to 40 people. Folks, as we close tonight, I thank you all for, hopefully I ain't scared nobody. I hope I didn't say too much to make you mad. Only thing I hope is I make you mad enough to get saved. You're here tonight. Listen. You know what's sadder? Everybody in this room is not on their way to heaven. What? I go to church, but it should be that way. You see, the 40 years is great, but we still want to see people saved. You're here tonight, and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord. Let me tell you something. All you're doing is circling the mountain, going from this relationship to that relationship, trying to find that joy, trying to find that temporary happiness, getting your feelings hurt here, this, uh, uh, a broken heart there, 
And round and around you go. Why don't you let that stop tonight? That's why God said, you've circled the mountain long enough. You have messed, you have done this long enough. It's time for a change. I'm going to turn it over to pastor. Is that all right? I'm going to let you have it. Just for the invitation.